All right, guys, it's time for the next Level Guy Show, a men's interview, interest, and improvement-focused podcast featuring interviews with the greats from all industries to help you better your life. Each week, a new episode features an interview with one of the greats covering all aspects of their story, from life hacks to tips and protocols that have allowed them to live life on the next level. We then highlight concrete action steps that you can use to improve your life. And now, your host, Ian Dawson McKay. And today's guest is Lewis Hackstep. Lewis is an entrepreneur and mindset coach who coaches people to free them from their mental limitations and emotional, strategic and leadership blocks. Through personal coaching and his fantastic podcast, The Lewis Hackstep Experience, his purpose is to help people build thriving businesses and careers with intimate and balanced relationships, all without burning out or sacrificing their personal life. He provides concrete action steps on how to unlock your full potential and live a fulfilled life. And now, let's get to the interview. Thank you so much for coming on. It's an honor to feature you. I've been loving your podcast. The stuff you go into, the the level of emotion and in-depth analysis you give, it's helping so many people, myself included. But for people who maybe don't recognize you, could you give a quick introduction? Yeah. Um, I guess uh, it's. I always give my little elevator pitch a little bit differently, but I guess I I was a... I am someone who struggled a lot uh, when I was younger with my mental and emotional health. I, I got diagnosed with Asperger's, autism, ADHD, a bit of a mixed bag. And yeah, just really had a lot of pain around my own, I guess, spiritual, mental, emotional self. I was, um, yeah, struggled making friends. I struggled communicating. I struggled with my emotional regulation. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. And <clears throat> I've always been someone who wanted more, like... um. I always was chasing goals. Um, I was a relatively um, successful um, amateur athlete until I got into the business world. I got into the business world when I was about 18 years old, um, worked very hard, was very like unbalanced, so like grinding every day, living off very little sleep. There was no balance mm-hmm. in my life. I had no social life, no relationship life. My health, I, I started in the fitness industry. I, I opened up three gyms by the age of 23 had 15 team members, we're doing a million bucks in revenue, but I was just so burnt out. Like I was working Monday to Sunday, I was living off legitimately four to five and a half hours of sleep every night and I had no, and and it was only work. That's all I thought about. It's all I did. And yeah, it was just so unhealthy the way that I was doing it. And I uh, actually mentioned this yesterday on another podcast. It's, I was hiding my insecurities and my my wounds behind my achievements and it was my way of I guess coping with it was to be an achiever so uh, I guess along that journey which was sort of like a seven-year journey of the of the gym chapter of my life uh, which I still own one of them as well so I still have one of those um, businesses is I just really got into the self-development route so I was doing a lot of self-development in that time coaches mentors masterminds um, reading a ton of books and I just loved it I fell in love with it Tony Robbins was the first self-development that I got into and when I did his event, like my eyes were 
were opened like the 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 curtain was pulled back and I was like, holy shit, here we go. So then I went into Martini, Joe Dispenza, Kerwin Ray, uh, went down so many different rabbit holes and just loved it. Doing Ray Dahlia at the moment, um, Lewis Howes, Jay Shetty, uh, John C. Maxwell, uh, Simon Sinek. Like, there's just so many people that have really influenced me in a positive way. And because I had a lot of pain around learning, which was part of the autistic gift that I got, is I've... I make things very practical. I, like I, I'm a step by step guy. Like it's like I'm that kid in class that asks why, 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 why. Can you give me an example? I don't understand. And because I was a quote slow learner, I'm a slow teacher, but I'm a very thorough teacher. So I guess my gift and what I love doing is taking things that have changed my life, whether it's mentally, emotionally, financially, spiritually, relationships, whatever it may be, and then constructing mental models that give everyday people step-by-step clarity on how they can do the same how can you go from someone like me who lacked clarity for their life didn't know my purpose didn't have a vision for my life had a lot of limiting beliefs bad self-image unhealed shit unhealed trauma and how do we go from a to z where for me like i was struggling to live life get out of bed sometimes to now live in a life that i fucking love and i've got a purpose that inspires me i've got a mission that i'm chasing like, how do you do that? And that's where I guess I, I put together my work and I, I do the work that I do. And um, yeah, just having a hell of a time doing it and enjoying the ride. And yeah, just meeting incredible people just like yourself. So that's kind of me in a nutshell. Perfect. Well, it's a, it's a very perfect synopsis because that's how I would describe you. I mean, I love that you cover such a wide range of things in your podcast. You know, it's I find a lot of people kind of go, I've been to the gym, I eat better, I sleep better. Now what? And you cover the actual, like the inner work, the stuff that people are kind of glossing over or they only focus on one particular part. And that's what I really enjoy about your show. It's you cover such a wide range of topics, but there's so many people nodding their head going, oh, I'm struggling for work. That's all I work. And I know that feeling when you're depressed. You don't want to get out of bed. You want to be asleep. You'd rather be that than awake. And nobody talks about that because it's, not cool it's not the self the cool self-improvement stuff but that's why you're changing lives because you're actually dealing with that dark shit that people are holding on to was there a particular moment that made you get into self-improvement because you said you you know you talk about david goggins books and you you know joe um, sensei etc people who like some of the ones i've interviewed on the show some of them on the bucket list of top tier people but was there a moment where you just thought fuck i need this or was it just something that just clicked in that moment? Uh, the first self-development I ever did. Uh, so I started the gym chapter back when I was 18. And my I guess my initial mentor, Scott, and he's still my best friend to this day. He was um, the guy that owned the gym. And he was, I think, how old is he? He would have been 25 or so at the time. And he owned a gym or two. I had a couple of gyms at the time. He was doing quite well. And he just kept sending me these YouTube videos of Tony and that most of them were Tony Robbins and I wouldn't watch mm. them. <laughs> I, would, I just would ignore them. And then he just sent me one. He said, hey, let me know what you get out of this video. So I was like, fuck, got to watch it now. So I got to watch it and see what's in it. And it was just like a simple video that Tony Robbins had. It was all about matching and mirroring how to build rapport with people. I don't think it's on YouTube anymore because I tried to watch it the other day. Um, but that was the first video that I can remember where something clicked because I had a lot of pain around communication, making friends, um, building relationships. And it was all about like how to build rapport with people. And I remember watching it. I was like, fucking hell, this is amazing. Like, why haven't I been told this yeah. so much earlier? Um, so that's probably the 
biggest, I guess, the initial one that kind of started to pull back the curtain, as I mentioned. Uh, you Robert almost Kiyosaki, feel regret, don't you, when you see how much we haven't been taught or yeah. educated as a kid, you know, it's... Yeah, it's you don't know what you don't know, and then uh, and everyone's doing the best of what they've got. And um, I was saying, uh, Robert Kiyosaki was probably another big, uh, big uh, moving of the needle when I did Rich Dad Poor Dad, and because I started the sort of the, the business chapter when I was eighteen, and I was in school still, and I had actually repeated Year Twelve. Um, the school I went to was like a sporting school, and you could do Year Year Twelve over two years to give you time to do the sport sporting sort of chapter as well so that's what i did mm-hmm. so i was in my repeat year of year 12 um so i repeated to do sport plus get into university um i think uh, you guys call it college so um to get into university over here and i actually got into university but in that time i read rich dad poor dad it's like don't trade time for money build assets liabilities and all that stuff and i was like fuck that i'm not going to uni anymore um and i dropped out so uh, well i got accepted i just never showed up so uh yeah, so Tony Robbins, the YouTube videos, I guess, was where I got started. I, podcasts weren't really a thing back then. This is back in 2015. So there wasn't like, obviously, I I think Joe Rogan was around back then, but not to the level that it is these days. So yeah, Tony was definitely my first starting point. Robert Kiyosaki was a big turning point um, just to open up the eyes about, again, trading time for money and how to be, quote, successful in the world that we live in. So uh and then yeah then the floodgates just opened and then just everyone that i was attracted to i liked their message i'd go down i'd read their books i'd listen to their podcast i would consume their content if they had a course i'd go do their course um but yeah those were some of the initial ones that really got me started well something you said in a recent podcast maybe it was an, an interview with somebody i had to write it down where you said you live to how you define yourself and that really hit home because we all make these sort of superficial changes but a lot of us still hate ourselves because of such and such an event or some bullying we had as a child or whatever it is, self-inflicted or not. I mean, I've done stupid shit and I've also been bullied. And been, I never thought, oh, it never really affected me until I started going down this path into different areas. And you realize how your whole personality is shaped by the baggage you're holding on to and what you potentially could become. Can you go into a little bit of how how we live by how we define ourselves because I found that really interesting. Yeah, beautiful. It's a beautiful conversation. So I think Wayne Dyer says this. It's uh, the late, great Wayne Dyer. I've got his book um, right next to me actually. So um, it's we don't see things the way they are. We see things the way we are. So if you look about, okay, like say, and this ties into trauma and beliefs and stuff. So depending on what direction you want to take this, but if whatever you believe about the world, you make it true. And even if it's not there, this is an exercise that Tony Robbins does all the time. So if anyone listening to the podcast, only do this if you're not driving. So don't do this if you're driving. But he does an exercise where you look, he says, look for red. And you look around your whole room, look for red, look for red, look for red. So you'll find it. So there's a bit of red there, a bit of red there, a bit of red there. Then close your eyes. Think of everything that was blue. And you kind of smile. And then I say, open your eyes, look for blue, look for blue. You'll find it. And you'll find more things the second time because you're looking for it. But you'll find things, you'll find orange and call it red. You'll find something that's kind of blue, call it blue to feel successful because you're looking for things to back up the belief that you have. So if you have a belief that men are assholes because you've been hurt, you've got some things that you were hurt through your dad, ex-boyfriends, etc. And you believe that men are assholes. Then if you meet a guy who's really nice, 
what's he doing? What's his motive? What He's just probably trying to get me into bed. Like you're looking mm. to prove that belief. We find more of what we want to find. We find things to back up the beliefs that we have. So the one of the more famous ones from Henry Ford back in the day, if you believe you can or you believe you can't, you're right. You will make it true. So this is where I use the analogy of driving a car with a handbrake on. Driving your car is taking action. You're moving, you're trying to hit goals, you're trying to make money, you're trying to start a business, you're trying to, to build a beautiful relationship. But if you've got some shitty beliefs or some shit that you haven't worked through yet, that's the handbrake. And that's where it's fucking exhausting, where you take all this action but you self-sabotage or you doubt yourself or you have fear or you just manage to fuck things up somehow. That's the handbrake of... That's where the 80-20 rule comes into it as well. Like success in anything is 20% skills, 80% mindset. And that's where most of my work is geared towards the mindset because the skills are easy. Like the skills are fucking easy. Like if you Google how to make money, how to start a business, how to sell something, how to market something, like you got to put in some uh, 10, 20, 30 hours to learn any skill fundamentally. But the mindset to do it, to follow through, to not give a shit about people's opinions, to let go of those beliefs that don't serve you anymore and rewire them to heal through the past that, that keeps triggering you. That's the stuff that I love because that's, again, the pain that I, I went through. Uh, so for me, I guess you, you uh, I think the line that you use is, um, the, strong, the, the, the line that I think you're referencing is the strongest force in the human psychology is to stay consistent with the way we define ourselves. So it's been able to look under the hood of who you are. How do you see yourself when it comes to relationships? I'll give an example. So this was the first event I went to, Tony Robbins. I mentioned the first event I went to. So this is when I was 19 years old um, and Tony runs this event called Unleash the Power Within, UPW. And he runs it in Australia, which is ideal for me because I didn't have much money to travel, which is nice. So I got a credit card, I got a loan, went down, did this event. Um, And he does limiting beliefs. And that was, again, my first exposure to like sort of like solid personal development and it's like what's your biggest limiting belief when it comes to your life right now what's your biggest limiting belief and for me it was relationships that was just what sort of came up to me and it says what's your belief when it comes to relationships mine was relationships equal pain and where do your beliefs come from they come from repeated thoughts that you've had or repeated stories you've told yourself a, a belief is a repeated thought grounded in a lived experience so i saw my mum and dad have verbal, emotional, physical fights. I come from a football background, a sporting background. All my mates would cheat on their girlfriends and lie to their face the next day at school. I had all these references and stories I told myself that relationships are fucking painful. Can you see why I was single for such a long time? Because that belief was the way I saw the world. So I wouldn't open up. I wouldn't connect deeply with anyone because it was painful if I did. So choosing and being conscious of that, destroying it, there's a process you go through to destroy it, to rewrite it. But the, I guess the point of the story is, yes, take action. Yes, set goals, chase after them, do the work. That's a part of the, that, that's a part of the, um, the deal. But I always use the term, fix the plane while you fly it. So fly your plane, which is your life, your goals, your mission, whatever it is, but constantly be fixing it constantly be rewiring your beliefs, constantly be healing, constantly be upgrading who you are because you don't get in life what you want, you get in life who you are, which is another way of the same quote. Um, but yeah, that, that's kind of my views on that. There's obviously depth to all of that and how do you do that? How do you identify it? How do you destroy it? How do you rewrite it? That, that That's like an hour conversation just on that. But yeah, that's um, 
that's essentially my thoughts on um, on that point that you just brought up. No, it's, it's a great explanation because I spent, I don't know, till early 20s, maybe maybe mid-20s, and I read an NLP book um, where somebody explained how you're not your thoughts. You know, that's just like your brain throwing out prompts based on what you're talking about, your bias and what you're seeing, what how you view the life. It's looking for things that support what you're thinking and eliminating, you know, like getting rid of anything that contradicts. And I was like, whoa. And then somebody explained to me about intrusive thoughts I had and how I've got OCD. And I was like, what? what? And it was like, as they kind of peeled away, I realized it's like all these years of me telling myself that it's worthless, pointless, and, stuff, and I started, no, no, I need to change this. So, like, one of the reasons I started the podcast was I was always self-sabotaging. I would hide in the shadows. I would never step out into the light and try things. And I remember doing it, and I thought, I'm going to get this wall of people taking the piss. And I started getting uh, positive comments from friends, and I thought, all right, where's the joke? I had my first, my proper first real girlfriend, emotionally manipulative. She used to claim I was flirting with every waitress. I was flirting with every female that was about because she was, I now know, had the low self-esteem. But in my head, when I got my second girlfriend, who was cuddling up, always wanted to be with me, spend time with me, anything nice she did, I thought, okay, where's the mind game? What are you going to do? How are you going to, tw-? you know? And I, it's amazing how our minds affect us. So where do you stand in the line then between changing now for the better to dealing with the damage first because you said about flying the plane and fixing the plane at the same time should we pick a goal and work on that or do we need to deal with the the shite first because then we at least have a more positive outlook you know would our goals be affected would we pick a poorer goal because we haven't dealt with the 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 inner child that needs healing so Mm. to speak Beautiful question. Uh, so, my answer is you do both. You just whatever is most important to you. If you're like, like, uh, so I work. Gen- there's kind of two types of avatars I generally work with. It's people that generally just want to. It's the eighty twenty. Eighty percent they want to work on them. Twenty percent it's generally their business, their career, or relationship. The tactics of that. So it depends on, I guess, what's the bleeding neck problem that you've got. Is, is it like? hey, look, I, my relationship's on the rocks. It's about to turn to shit and I know it's coming from me and I really need to work on me and I want to solve these things right now. Then probably the inner work's probably more urgent for you right now. Um, so a client that I'm working with, uh, Rob, if you watch this and listen to this, she's a, she's a fucking legend. And she's working on building a coaching business quite similar to my stru- the structure I'm doing. So she's come to me and says, look, I want to build a business, but I still want to work on myself. And mm. they both go hand in hand, your personal life and business life, they flow over to each other. If you're struggling personally, you're going to struggle professionally. If you're struggling professionally, it's going to come into your personal life again. So it the answer is both. It's just for me, I have my formula. I have my I have a course that I do and I, I or a process that I take all of my clients through. And there's fu- foundational things that I always prioritize. So I always do values first, purpose, mission, vision, and, and my main tool, mastering perceptions, where you learn how to balance and dissolve any problems, any trauma, any guilt any shame anything like that so i always do that first and then i generally actually ask the client hey look 
these are the things that we're going to go through. What's most important to you? What's your bleeding neck problem? So for me, there's definitely a foundational level that I always start with, values, purpose, mission, vision. So values are what's most intrinsically important to you. That's your authentic self. That's how you feel confident. That's how you feel whole. I said this on a podcast last night. Low self-worth is feedback that you're not living in alignment with your values. So if you're feeling shit, you're beating yourself up, you're lacking self-worth, worth, you're lacking confidence, you are not living in alignment with your values. It's the feedback to give you that the universe is sending you or life is giving you that you're not being authentic. If you, you will never feel whole trying to be number two of someone else. So understanding what your values are, which are yours and everyone's are unique. Mine are different to yours. Yours are different to your friends, to your clients, to anyone you've had on this podcast. Everyone's got their own unique set. And just for context, some people... Have, well, most people <clears throat> have a very skewed perception of values. They think it's honesty, loyalty, respect, integrity, freedom. That's not the case. Values are things that are areas of your life that you prioritize. You think about it. You do it. You spend money on it. You invest into it. You do those things. Honesty is the funniest example. I say it's funny in a crowd. I did it the other week. So uh, I say, who here values honesty or thinks they do? And most people put their hand up. I say, who here's lied in their life before? And everyone puts their hand straight back up in the air. Because honesty is a trait. It's a characteristic. It's not a value. A value, for example, can be family, can be your relationship, can be your career, can be your business, can be learning, can be teaching, can be health, can be travel, can be experiences. It's something you can do. It's an area of your life. So I always start with that because it understands, it just gives people context. Who are you? Like what actually lights you up? Who is the authentic version of you? Then we go through your purpose, mission, vision. So that gives you kind of what you're saying, what's that direction you want to go with? And as you do more inner healing and as you work on yourself more, your vision becomes more inspiring, more authentic, more real, generally bit bigger as well like you think bigger because you believe more in yourself so the inner work always continues like i redo my per i redo my values purpose mission vision every three months actually in 10 days time i'll be redoing mine again so every three months i redo mine and my whole team does my partner does my clients do so it's not like one and done you constantly fix the plane you constantly innovate fix it improve it so yeah the short version long long answer to your question it's both I generally start with the foundational stuff for me, which is the values, purpose, mission, vision, and then mastering perceptions. That just gives people a fucking insane tool to process any trauma, any wound, anything they're holding on to, anything they're judging, anything that triggers them. When there's any lopsidedness with their perception, it allows them to process it and dissolve it. So then they have at least clarity on who they are authentically, where are they going, in an inspiring way. So something pulls them and gives them something to work towards. And then they've got the best tool that I have of how to dissolve anything that comes up. Then we go into ego, we go into limiting beliefs, we go into habits, we go into trauma, traumatic reactions, triggers, we go into uh, anxiety, we go into depression, we go into uh, there's, there's things that we go, go, go deep into. So my answer is both. Fixed. You've, you've got to fly the plane. You've got to pay your bills. You can't say, hey, stop. I'm going to stop working. I'm going to stop doing anything. I'm going to work on me. If you've got bills to pay, you've got mouths to feed, you've got things to do. So you've got to keep pushing forward. You've got to do, yeah, you've got to do what you've got to do to keep moving forward. But if you never address the inner stuff, you keep attracting the same things that keep triggering you. So, yeah, that's kind of my thoughts on that. And what's your sort of approach to... So I want to say analyze, but that's probably puts a lot of people off. You know, how do we work out? Because 
you know, you've talked on um, your podcast about how we need to learn what our emotions are saying. You know, they're not a death sentence. They're actual feedback to what's going on. So do we look at our emotions? Do we look at our behavior and our, how we act around in certain situations? You know, I mean, I used to have insane jealousy of people when they achieved something that I always wanted to do, but I'd self-sabotage myself. So it was like I was beating myself up two times. You know, I used to have obsessive like thoughts about things and talk myself out of things because I, there was always some way of dealing out of it. How do we look at emotions and how do we look at ourselves to identify these areas we need to target? Is it a good way of kind of going, well, that's a fault, that's a demon, that's a pain in the arse, that's something I'll need to deal with? How, how would you go about that with somebody? No, that's that's beautiful. So uh, understanding the work and like, because it's not always a one shot answer. Like uh, I got taught mm-hmm. this yonks ago, simple, <laughs> silly analogy, but surrounding the dragon. So there's a dragon and you take it head on, doesn't work. That's cool. Try a different angle. That doesn't work. That's cool. We'll try a different angle. Okay, that worked. Let's go that way. So it's not just like one tool solves everything. Um, so like you mentioned self-sabotage before. So there's there's two big ones for me that self-sabotage is happening. So I would start with values. Generally, self-sabotage is you're putting someone else's values ahead of your own. As an example, you value your relationship more than anything. It's number one for you. Then someone comes up to you and says that you should go to the gym. You're looking like shit. You're looking like this, blah, blah, blah. And you feel very insecure. <laughs> Fantastic. And then, you, and then you actually listen to it. So you put mm-hmm. their value ahead of yours. So you put health ahead of relationship. And you start going to the gym, training your ass off, and you're spending all this time and energy and money at the gym, which takes away from your relationship and you experience guilt, you experience beating yourself up, negative self-talk, which is feedback to get you back into alignment to actually put your values first. So that might be what it is. That might be what's causing it. Another angle that I would look at is your beliefs, kind of what we're talking about before. Like you make your beliefs true. If you start going to the gym, you want to be healthy, but you view yourself as someone who's not healthy, someone who's unhealthy, someone who's lazy, someone whatever. So it might be your beliefs that are causing it. So for me that you got to know, I guess you you need to have your, it's kind of like a builder building a house. Like you got all these tools at your disposal to build the house. You don't just have a hammer and use a hammer for everything. You've got a saw, you've got whatever wrenches. I'm not, I'm not a, t- a tradie by any means, but you've got a toolkit and you use it when it's the right time and the right place. And that's um, I love this uh, analogy. It's there's no such thing as the ultimate martial art. It's the ultimate martial artist where they pull from different martial arts, different modalities, different strategies to win and be the champion. And that's where, as a coach, that's essentially the role as a coach. You can't just have one tool to work on everyone because what if it doesn't work? You can have another tool. You have to have another strategy. You need to be more diverse in your coaching ability. And that's something I pride myself on is always working on my skill sets as a coach. So to answer your question, I always start with what's this feedback for? Then as a coach, I obviously have my awareness that I'm looking for. So if people are using certain things, like when people say I have to, I should, I've got to, I must or something like that, they're putting someone else's values ahead of them. Mm-hmm. So I had literally, um, I had someone commenting on my post the other day. Um, it was just something like, um, but that's what I should do. And I just responded, according to who? When did you decide that? Whose belief are you adopting right now? So that for me is feedback that he's taken or she's taken on someone else's values or beliefs or expectations. Um, so it just depends, I guess, specifically on the situation. Uh, for the people listening, just ask yourself, what's this feedback for? 
the most common ones that will probably show up without knowing the situation, you're probably not clear in your values and you're putting other people's values ahead of your own. So you're feeling that you're experiencing the feedback of low self-worth, self-sabotage, self-doubt because you're trying to be someone that you're not. So that's generally, that's why I start with values first. Probably limiting beliefs would be an, another common one. So you just, you're, we've already, we had a 10-minute conversation about limiting beliefs or self-image. You act in accordance with how you see yourself. So if you see yourself as someone who's not worthy of love, who's not good in relationships, who's not good with money, who isn't successful, who's just a lazy person, you're going to stay in cons- uh, alignment with that and consistent with that. So I'd be looking at rewiring beliefs that don't necessarily serve you. And I'd say another one would probably be just, I guess, unhealed stuff where you get triggered because you attract people and circumstances to reveal the wounds you haven't healed through. So you're going to continuously attract people and situations and circumstances that shine light or reveal the parts of you you haven't integrated, you haven't healed through, you haven't worked on yet. So that they're probably three of the more common ones. But again, there's more than just that. Like maybe you don't have a fucking plan. Maybe you just don't have clarity on what the fuck do I do? Like I don't, I feel really lost and confused and overwhelmed. Okay, well, what's your what's your what's your plan to attack? What's your what's your purpose? What's your mission? What's your annual goals? What's your quarterly, monthly, weekly, daily? What are you doing today to move forward? Because people, if you try to eat the whale at once, it's fucking overwhelming. Like, what do you do? So it might be strategic, and that's where that's the twenty percent. So for me, that's the easier stuff because it's more like black and white strategic. The mental stuff generally is what holds most people back. Uh, like Tony Robbins uses this. There's four S's to a breakthrough. So, uh, sorry, there's three S's to a breakthrough. There's the story you tell yourself. So, sorry, I'll start again. I'll start in reverse order of importance. First one is the strategy. Let's use health and fitness. And I just use that because most people can understand it and relate to it at some point. So, people start with strategy. They think it's the strategy that they need. They need the perfect personal trainer, the perfect meal plan, the perfect gym. They need the perfect regimen. They need blah, 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 blah. So the strategy is what's stopping them. Sometimes it is the strategy. If you're trying to run east looking for a sunset, you're never going to get there. You can try all you want, be as motivated as you fucking want. You're never going to get there. So sometimes it is the strategy. Most time it isn't. Second is the story you tell yourself. I'm not good at it. What's your belief essentially? What's the beliefs you have about yourself? Your uh, I'm not good at losing weight. This is hard. Weight, losing weight is hard. I'm lazy. I'm whatever, whatever. And then the third one is the state that you're in. What mental state are you in at that time? Remember, we spoke about we see things the way we are, not the way things are. So if you're feeling fucking anxious, if you're feeling depressed, if you're feeling shit because you haven't moved your body, you been, haven't been looking after yourself and you're just feeling fucking down, you're going to f- see things that way. You won't have the mindset to go find the strategy. You won't actually fix the story you're running and you won't take any action. So those are three sort of generalized answers of doing it. But most people complain about the strategy. I just don't know how to do it. I don't know how to do it. Jump on fucking Google and Google it. Like the answers <laughs> the answers are there. You could find 90% of answers through a YouTube video or Google, if not 95, if not 100%. As you get more successful... This, the solutions you're looking for are more niche down and more specific and that's where you need to find specific mentors who have specifically done what you're looking to do. That's when you generally need to pay for mentorship and coaching and that type of thing. But you can fucking get the ball rolling off Google. Like this podcast, there's fucking tons of value on so many podcasts to get you moving, to get the momentum. And then when you start to gain some success and then you need 
how do I maximize my conversion rates of my funnels to sell this product, to sell upsell them to this product? You probably need a very specific strategy for that. But if you've got the mindset, you've got the story, you will do, you'll be resourceful. You will go find those answers. So yeah, I actually forgot what your question was, but I hope that kind of t- touched on something. No, that's a fantastic answer. I mean, because that's something my mom used to always say was like, you've got the question, 10,000 other people are going to have the exact same question. So just, you know, Google it and you will find the answer. It's time for a quick break. There are millions of potential products to buy. So how do you know which ones are worth your hard-earned money? Simple. You go to nextlevelguy.com affiliates and explore those that will transform and improve your life. You'll find deals, listener exclusives, and special offers with some great companies. Recommendations are 100% honest and only on items Ian has tried or believes in. The companies showcased will make you a better man in all areas of your life. Simply go to nextlevelguy.com affiliates and level up. Do you find that, say, three months is a rough time frame to kind of refresh? You know, what kind of metrics are you tracking during this time? Are you looking at changes in behavior? Are you looking for feeling happier? For like, how, how, What do you track to make sure people are on the right path? And when do you know is the right time to change? Because I noticed that sometimes I would go so well in one area. And then I'd be like, well, what do I do now? And I would kind of stagnate. And other times I go a bit slower than another, but making constant progress. But because I wasn't tracking it, you know, they say like what gets measured gets managed. Yeah, beautiful. How you know, how do we deal with this? How do we track this to make changes? Because a lot of people will start this journey, no idea if they're making a change and give up because they don't see any progress. It's a marathon, not a sprint. But how do you get people to understand that and see there is change, albeit slower? Nah, beautiful question. So uh, look, I, I believe in the macro patience, micro speed. So like hustle, do your work, but at the same time, like like don't be so hard on yourself. This is, um, I, I love Alex Mosey's analogy he uses with this. It's like you're at the casino of life and you're playing, you're at the, 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 the table playing poker. And depending on what cards you're dealt and how you play your cards, because everyone's dealt a certain set of cards. If you're born into a third world country, no food, no water, no parents, like that's fucking challenging, right? compared to you're born into a country where you've got opportunities, you've got access to internet, clean drinking water, like those are two different sets of cards. Now, it doesn't disown that not everyone can have their version of success depending how you play your cards as well. So what cards are you dealt? How do you play them? You're going to accumulate a certain amount of chips. And in in our life, that means money, cars, business, success, relationships, travel, whatever whatever success means to you. But for 100% of people... The Grim Reaper will tap you on the shoulder at some point. You can't take your chips with you. You must push it back into the middle and it gets redistributed to the rest of the world. And it's just kind of having that frame and way of looking at things like the things you achieve don't fucking matter. Like in a thousand years or 10,000 years, no one's going to remember who we are. There might be internet if the internet's still around or like these podcasts are still around. There'll be more, I guess, um, records of things now because of technology. But 
go back 10,000 years, name 10 people. Fuck, I can't think of one. <laughs> like, I, you, know, you just not, all the things, we get so caught up, and this is the ego that gets involved, of like, we need to achieve, we need to accumulate, we need to X, Y, Z. And that was the start of my business journey. That was what I was like, achieve, 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 achieve. So, look, it's important to then balance that with structure. Success loves structure. Like David Goggins huge on this, like discipline, structure, jo- Jocko Willock, I love him, discipline equals freedom. So it's important to have that structure in there. But I also have the, I'm at a place in my life where I know exactly what I'm inspired to have, but I'm detached from having it. So I'm not needy and desperate of it. I, the, uh, Wayne Dyer uses this example, put your hand in water and try grab it as hard as you can. Use all your energy, effort, force it, try, grab the water. The water avoids you. That's what people do with their goals. So it's kind of a it's a it's a it's a beautiful place to be in where you have structure, you have goals, you're pursuing what you love, you're doing what you love, but you're also detached at the same time. It's quite a beautiful place to be in. But to come back to your question, firstly, be in that state of mind where you're not attached to your goals and needy of your goals because you repel it, the water repelling it. But then also have structure. So this is the structure that I have. So we have what's your purpose, what's your mission, what's your vision? and values. I redo that every three months. So, every three months, I go back through the entire thing. So, literally, like I said, in about 10 days' time, I'll sit down, I'll redo my values. And for people that want to understand values, I've mentioned a few times, go to my podcast, episode 200. I have a free training. It's literally step-by-step. There's a free document you can download and actually write it out. It's fully there. No email. You don't need to opt in. It's just a fucking public video that you can go watch. So, I redo my values every three months. I redo my purpose. I redo my mission and I redo my vision. Now, when I say redo, normally just sharpen them up. I then refine them, go back through it and make sure it is still what it is because things change. Values change, etc. And then we get practical. Okay, what's our annual priorities? What are we achieving in the next 12 months? You come up with your top three to five. So generally, you'll brainstorm and then you'll come up with your top three to five, top three to five priorities. And then you break them down. What's our next quarterly goals look like? Next three months. Then we go monthly, then we go weekly, and then we go daily. So every single day, I'll do one as, uh, as soon as we finish this podcast. Number one, what am I excited for today? Get some good energy, get some excitement about you. Number two, what were my outcomes for yesterday? Done or not done? And why weren't they done? Transparency and accountability. Number three, what am I achieving today? So I've got clarity on what outcomes and they need to be clearly defined as outcomes. Not I'm going to do some work or do some reading. I'm going to read 10 pages. I'm going to book in five leads. I'm going to make three sales. I'm going to finish this module. Like You've got to have it clearly defined as done or not done. Because if you don't, mental masturbation, you'll do a little bit of it and you'll tick it off and say, yeah, I did it. Versus Daily. like, hey, I said, I will get five leads. If you get four, you didn't do it. And you need to be fucking hard on yourself. And because I... Um, recommend sending this to people. So I send this to my partner, my team, and my clients. So my one-on-one clients, we have a group chat and we do daily huddles together. So um, so to go back through them, what are you excited for today? What were your outcomes for yesterday? Done or not done? What are you achieving today? Fifth is do you need any support with these outcomes today? So you can't have an excuse the next day say, well, I didn't know how to do it. Well, why didn't you ask for any support yesterday when you had the opportunity? And then the last one is what are you grateful for? So that gives me daily structure on what needs to get done because that whale, if you're trying to eat it at once, is overwhelming. But if you've got that purpose, you've got your 10-year mission. So the 10-year mission is the whale. That's what we want to get done in the next 10 years. For me, I want to impact a million people. 
Great. Well, what are we going to do in the next 12 months? What are we going to do in the next quarter, next month, next week? And what am I doing today? And then measure, like, uh, I guess I, I can, everyone can have more structure and more measurements around it, but just whatever is important to you, put measurements, put, put, put structure around it. If you like health isn't a high, super high value of mine, I think it's number five or six for me. Um, so I don't have that much structure around my training. Like, I, I have a protein. I train most mornings. I take a protein shake. I don't like weigh my food. I don't track my macros. I don't do that because I just don't value it as high. My partner, though, she does. She tracks all her macros. She trains more than me. She does more recovery than me. She has more structure because she wants more success in that area than I do. I have a lot of metrics around my revenue goals, around how many leads am I booking? How many sales consults am I having? What's my conversion rate with my consults? What's my cost per lead? So, You'll have structure in the areas that you want more success in. Is it your investing goals? Like, what's your investment goals? I've got that for me. So, how much investments do we have? What do we put in there per week? Where are we get into next month, next quarter, next year? So, put structure in wherever you want it, wherever you want more success. Success loves structure. So, put more success, more structure into the areas that you want more success in. And I guess another cliche one I always use is whatever doesn't get scheduled doesn't get done. So schedule everything in. Like I'm, I used to not really use a calendar. Um, I don't know how the fuck I survived back then without a calendar because I love my calendar now. Um, but just schedule things in. If you're, if you have an appointment like this podcast, is scheduled into my calendar, and here we are. If I didn't schedule this in, it wouldn't happen. I would forget about it. I got shit on. Think life happens, right? So schedule everything in. I have non-negotiables scheduled in. Back to values is I always make sure my top three are always scheduled in. So number one for me is coaching. So I have coaching scheduled in. So it's actually at this time, but I'm okay with this because this, this is coaching for me right now. I have an hour and a half in the morning before the day starts where it's for me and I just get to do my coaching. So regardless of what happens during the day, I've had an hour and a half of undistracted time. No one can book in for meetings. No one can do whatever. We have obviously done this just because of our time zone differences, but generally no, I can't, no one can access me in this time because it's my time for my coaching. I had le- I have learning scheduled in. So learning is my second value or self-growth and wealth is my third one. So I review my finances on a daily basis. How much is in the bank account? What's the sh- what's our investment portfolio look like? How many revenue how much clients have we had this week this month etc. So put just more structure, more success. So where do you want more success? How can you add more structure in? If you just start doing those daily huddles, it'll change your life. The daily huddles fucking change my life because I just- I get overwhelmed. If I don't do a huddle, I'm like, fuck, what am I doing today? Like, what am I working on? What what needs to get done? But I've got my huddle. And just to give you even more clarity, send it to someone who's going to hold you accountable. Do huddles with them. If you've got a team, do it with your team. And then I write down my outcomes on my notebook right in front of me. The average entrepreneur spends three and a half hours a day distracted or recovering from a distraction. That's fucking insane. That's like weeks per year of time so when you get a call the lawyer the accountant something something your fucking mum calls you knocks you out of flow okay where was i look straight down there's my outcomes let's get straight back into it so that's how i i I guess put structure in with it but at the same time i'm not attached to oh my god i need to achieve this otherwise i'm useless i'm not good enough i'm not worthy Nah, i'm fucking amazing and worthy and whole and beautiful and perfect exactly the way i am regardless of how much money i have in my bank account so I'm already in a beautiful sense of peace and love and gratitude. And then I take action out of that 
that space, not desperation and neediness because that's the repelling energy that most people have with their goals. The harder you try, the less you achieve. So that's, um, yeah, that's that's my thoughts on that. No, that's a fantastic answer. And I mean, I could, like I work with in a university just now and do this and we do like a meeting record for students. So they meet their supervisors and you they fill it in and it's very kind of, like you know how many hours did you work on this what did you do here what's your plans for the next month what are you going to do for this and it was very target driven and very kind of like analytical about what they've done and i couldn't believe that students were having this but people weren't having this for their own life but then i was also when i first started flipping it around and thinking oh i'm a failure because i didn't achieve that i didn't achieve like you're saying but once i put in a gratitude thing a couple things a day when i wake up what life changing because it made me positive thinking there get a glass of water at some point before i go to work but i'll let you know without being easy you know you just slowly increase habits but wonderful but so many people don't even have any kind of setup they go straight into work after running off a bus panicking and go oh crap what am i doing and they spend the rest of their day chasing their tail and it's scary how that's why i always say to people is start with systems make things systems that's what I do. Every time I get an email, I set up the interview, set up the Zencaster link, send it to the person for the podcast. If I don't do it, six months down the line, I'll go, ah, that was maybe yesterday, and I'll have to rebook it. It's just once you make things into habit, it becomes life. It's so easy. Where's your line then between confidence and ego? Between Because when I do jiu-jitsu, I find I learn best and roll best in a competition when I'm calm i'm between calm and rage if i'm psyched up and i'm i'm gonna fuck you up and terrible if i'm completely relaxed i'm terrible if i'm confident but if i'm between confidence and ego i find i just go into a flow state that i'm unbeatable but i can't i always sometimes lean one way or the other depending on the situation where do you fit into this? How do you think people learn best? How do we remove the ego but not completely lose the person, if that makes sense? Yeah. No, that's a beautiful question. I, I don't think I've ever been asked this question. So, look, I guess let's define ego first and then I'll, I'll give you my, my thoughts on it. I, my view on ego, there's two kind of main ways it shows up. Your ego is the identity that you've created of who you need to be to be successful, to be enough, to be loved, whatever it may be. Because when we are babies, we don't give a shit about people's opinions. We don't care about how much money we have. We don't care about what someone said to me yesterday. We don't care. We're not worried about the past. We're not worried about the future. We're present and we're grateful. But we develop the identity of being a good boy or being a good girl or you have to have a certain car to be loved or you have to have a certain body to be sexy. You need to whatever. That's all the ego. So anything that challenges that ego, we get defensive. So if someone says like, fuck, you should make your your car's a piece of shit and, you've, and you, you think it's not and that's like, oh, fuck you. And then the ego comes out, you get defensive, deflective, comparative, et cetera. So it also, the other way I, I teach it is, the ego protects you from pain, so kind of the same of what I just said, but it therefore protects you from healing because trauma, wounds, things haven't worked through are generally painful. So if I was to go ask or say something or trigger something in someone, ego generally comes up to defend it. So it defends the pain but therefore protects you from healing through it. So when it comes to ego in that circumstance, I guess let me think about it for a little bit. 
I'd say the ego is just protecting you from being a student because the, we learned the student, the teacher, and the, you, to be a great master, you need to be gr- a great teacher and a great student at the same time. But I think a lot of people, they feel like when they're a student, they're below someone and that's where the ego comes up and they have to be better and demonstrate, I'm going to kick your ass, I'm the fucking man, I fucking got this, I'm going to rip your head off. But too much emotional volatility creates, I guess, that jittery energy and that nervous energy and you're not in that flow state, that which is what you're referring to. So, look, I don't honestly deal too much in this realm, but if I was to work with someone with that, I would want to get them into a gratitude state and I would ask them based on their experience in sports. I, I, I do have a sports background where I, I've done the same where I'll get too fucking fired up and I'll fucking drop a football, I'll drop the ball, I would be uneasy, but then I'll be too relaxed. I'm not sharp on the ball. So you've got to find that happy balance of what you're referring to. I'd probably work with the person and say, well, what state of mind is most most productive or efficient for what it is that you do? Like if you're... Um, if you're like a, a power lifter and you got to lift like a huge fucking barbell or something, you probably don't want to be too docile. You probably want to be like, fuck, let's rip this fucking thing off the ground right now. There's obviously, again, a healthy balance there. So I'd probably ask the person, what's the state of mind that's going to serve you the best? And then I'd help them get into that state. So there's three things that dictate how we feel in the moment, physiology, language, and focus. So what are you doing with your body language? What are you focusing on and what are you telling yourself? So I'd come up with, well, what state of mind is going to serve you the best? Because you don't want to be overconfident because you know that, that what happens and you don't want to be too like slow and whatever because you're going to be you're going to be too slow. You're going to get taken advantage of. So I'd probably ask the person I'm working with, what state of mind is going to serve you in this moment the most? And then we condition that and we come up with those three things and you can... because the external world doesn't dictate how you feel and that's what people think. They mm. think external, they believe and they blame external circumstances for the life that they have. Like if you got a phone call, a text message right now and it was said that you're, you're, a loved one passed away, it would probably get you in a certain state straight away because you're focusing on something, you'd tell yourself something, you'd change your physiology, right? And what if two seconds later they say, hi, lol, I was joking. So you completely changed how you felt even though nothing had happened. But it was all internally. What did you say to yourself? What did you focus on in that moment? What did you do with your body? But you can train the other way. What does an empowered, whatever state, let's use confidence. What does healthy confidence feel like to you? What do you tell yourself? What do you focus on? And what do you do with your body? And then we'd condition that and then help that person enter that state when they need to. Because we do choose how we feel. Yes, you have feedback, what we talked about earlier, about like when you're triggered or things aren't serving you, it's feedback for you to get it back into alignment. But when you're like in a performance situation where you want to feel a certain way, you want to be a certain version of yourself, there's ways to activate that way of thinking of that way of being. Like if I'm going into a coaching session and someone I know, I know they've had, they've, I, I know we're going to do a bit of a healing session I don't want to be like fucking on and let's go, let's crush it. I want to really hold space for that person. So I want to really lower my energy a little bit and open up that 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 safety for that person to really release and let go and feel vulnerable and feel safe to do so. So yeah, I, I would, to answer it, I would understand what does the person want to feel? How do they want to be for what's coming up, whether it's a sales call or a jujitsu match or a game of tennis or a football game or whatever it may be. What is the state that they believe is going to be most empowering for them for what they're going into? I'd get them or work with them to help them figure out how they can turn that on regardless of what's going on in their external world 
get them to activate that or go into that flow state, go into that state of mind through those three things that I mentioned. And so then they've got, I, I, it's like, it's like a, a remote control. How you, the TV is your, is your body, is your mind, is all that stuff. Uh, and the channels that you experience is the different channels that you're choosing to put on. So if you put on a channel of happiness, you're going to do certain things. So we know if we do that, you're going to feel a certain way. If you want to feel confident, you're going to do certain things to feel that way. If you're going to feel fucking depressed or anxious, you're going to do certain things, right? So it's, I would uh, figure out how do you want to feel, what's most empowering to you for this circumstance and what you're wanting to deal with, and then help that person go into that state. And then, and if maybe they do it a little bit too much, that's cool. That's a learning curve. That's the boundary. You're probably too much fired up or too slow or too relaxed. We want to get that sweet spot. And then it's just like practice, just practice, paint the fence. You want to get used to going into that state of mind and then you can consistently do it as, uh, as effortlessly as possible. It's definitely an area that I've become more and more interested in is as I watch other people, you know, you give them tips and read this NLP book or you do this, I, this tactic work for me. I sometimes notice people who it moves from confidence in their change into the ego of, huh, I'm so much better and I can do this. And then you see them it then self-destruct in another way. And then they have to change it back. And I think it's sometimes you notice that the people have can sometimes switch into a deep learning that actually builds your confidence. It's not that yeah. shallow win. It's that kind of, oh, fuck. But how do we then... Like what kind of recovery protocol? I know this sounds very clinical, but how do we, when we are dealing with somebody and it's a healing thing, you know, you might be talking to them about being bullied, then there's something their father did or their bad parental actions and they come out of it so emotional, so vulnerable, so open and feeling amazing that you have shone a light into a dark area for them and they're changing how do you work with somebody to keep them, you know, understanding, learning the lesson, but moving on, you know, being able to recover from that, you know, like, is it, it could be simple things like hot baths. It could be journaling. What what do you do with somebody to lock in the lesson, but just make sure that they're healthy, emotionally, physically, spiritually, whatever it is to them? Beautiful. Nah, so the tool that I was referring to, Mastering Perceptions, that's definitely my go-to for this one. That's my most powerful one. So it's we grow. There's two things we need to grow, support and challenge. Too much support, you get soft and uh, weak and too much challenge, you break. So you need both. So it's learning to see both sides as fast as you can. And journaling is a way to do that. Meditation is a way to do that. I do that through a set of questions. So it's been aware of like, what's the upside to the downside? What's the downside to the upside? It's seen that everything in life is balanced. You can't have, if I had a magnet, if this, my, I'm holding up my phone for you guys listening. If this was a magnet and I said, hey, Ian, can you cut this in half and only give me the north side? I only, I don't want this. I don't want the south. I just want the north pole. Can you do that for me? And you try your hardest and you cut that magnet with absolute precision to only get the north side. What happens is you get another magnet. You just made another magnet. You get the upside. There's a North Pole. There's a South Pole. Everything in life has both up and down. But most people live life where they only want one. They want the growth without the pain. They want the relationship without the tough conversations. They want the success without the sacrifice. They, they're only wanting one side of the coin. So I would, 
uh, I guess through the tool that I, I go through and what I work with clients is getting them to see both sides sooner rather than later. How do you have the wisdom of the ages without the aging process? How do you see that every life is happening for you, not to you? How do you actually see that sooner rather than later? So from the failure, what were the lessons? What was the growth? Why did this happen for you? If you're too cocky, what's the downsides to this? What are you not seeing that's not that can can get you off balance right now? Which is what you're talking about, where they're too ego, they're too confident, they're over over swinging themselves. So, I the more balanced you stay, the faster you grow. The more grateful you are, and grateful is the most pure experience, love and gratitude, the most pure perceptions that we have as human beings gratitude and love is the synthesis and synchronicity of complementary opposites so it's having the upsides and the downsides seeing them for exactly who they are and loving and being grateful for exactly the way things are how do you see that we do that through asking questions what are the so something was wrong how was it right how has this served you how has this made you stronger what lessons have you had what's the specific trait that you're judging right now where do you do the same thing How's this serving your highest values? How's this serving your purpose? What lessons has it taught you? What strength has it given you? How is this going to improve you moving forward? It's being able to see the up to the down, the down to the up. And the sooner you can see that, the sooner you elevate to the next level. You repeat problems until you learn the lesson it's trying to teach you. So for people that are stuck seeing things as wrong, how do we see it as right? If we have people that are stuck seeing things as too good to be true or they're pedestaling someone or they're too overconfident, how do we see the downside that they're not seeing? And stay poised, stay balanced, stay grateful because you always attract the counter swing. So when you have the big, oh, I'm, it's like for anyone listening to this, think about this. You've had a day where you've crushed it. You've had an epic day. Business is good. Career is good. Fucking everything went your way and you're on cloud nine, but you're a little bit overconfident. You're not grateful. You're overconfident. You're high in your own supply. Then you get home and your partner will do most of this work for you. You've come home and you're still on cloud nine, over fucking confident and killing it. And your partner pisses all over your parade and humbles you back down to planet fucking earth. That is what the universe is doing for you. It's bringing you down when you're too high. It's bringing you up when you're too down. It's trying to bring you back to balance. It's trying to bring you back into alignment, back into love, back into gratitude. Now, the universe can do that in very painful ways. Or you can do it yourself. It's a lot less painful and a lot faster. That's where life will give you pebbles. If you don't listen, you get a boulder. If you don't listen, you get a brick wall. Don't wait for the brick wall. See the balance through asking the right questions and through having the right perceptions and having the right consciousness and tools, hence the stuff that I do. But that's what I would say to those people. So when you're too arrogant or too confident over the top, how do we bring you back to humbled earth and be grateful? And if you're too down, how do we bring you back up? back into gratitude again that's essentially what i want to do that's fantastic i mean i sometimes see that like when people doing these you know a snippet of a a talk they've given and you see these people like emotionally changed after a technique somebody's used in them then it's like okay go and see your seat right see you bye and you're thinking that person's probably just had an experience that's opened their mind to completely different avenues and techniques and what they can be and you know you're not following up on them you're not changing and that's why i like your show because you cover all of these kind of things i mean you you know you talk about top performers living life on your own terms like breakups you go into each of these areas i mean it's it's really difficult when you actually to ask certain questions because i want to go in to each rabbit hole and it's a podcast in itself what would you say to people listening then to, what do you want them to take from this 
how do we start living life on our own terms, you know, using some of these techniques? And how do we start? What would you want to see them doing in six months or so? Beautiful, beautiful. So start with values. So kind of those top three things I, I mentioned. So start with values. I have a free video on that. Um, so like I said, episode 200 of my podcast. Um, if you can do the video, do the video because I actually share my screen and answer the questions and show you how to do that if you can. Uh, so start with your values. Uh, and then from there, get clear on your vision. So I don't, I don't think I have a video explaining that <clears throat> in detail, but take your values and expand on them. So if it's health, what does your health look like in the next five to 10 years? If it's family, what does family look like? Relationships, what does relationships look like? And that gives you a vision. And then you want to come up with a plan. Okay, well, how am I going to get there? What's my action plan? What vehicle? So I I touch on this in my course. How much income do you need to earn to live your dream day? So if you wake up, what does your dream day look like? You wake up at what time? You choose to do what? You choose to do what? You choose to do what? And say you choose to work, what do you choose to work on and how long do you choose to work for? Some people want to work 10 hours a day. Some people want to work one hour a day. Some people don't want to fucking work at all. That's cool. You've, there's, all of those options are possible because then you figure out the vehicle needed for you to earn that income to have three things, the income, the impact, and the lifestyle that you want. Then you've got a vehicle. So it might be a business. For most people, it's going to be some form of a business if you want freedom because if you're working a job where you're trading time for money, so you stop earning money or working sorry you stop earning money and then you put that into a plan what is your action plan what are you doing in the next 12 months so i'd sit down so you've got your vision you've got your values and you've got your dream day and you've got a vehicle of how much uh, how much income you need to earn to live that dream day and you've got a vehicle that's going to allow you to do that it might be network marketing it might be an online business it might be a coaching business it might be a franchise business it might be whatever it might be a consultancy business something that's going to give you the vehicle to earn what you want to earn with the lifestyle and impact and then you put it into a plan what are we going to do in the next 12 months next quarter next month next week and do daily huddles just start doing those daily huddles that will move the needle so far for you and then just keep working on you find coaches i'm obviously one that can help but excuse me there's so many out there there's so many people there's so many healers there's so many gurus there's so many mentors <clears throat> there's there's so much work to be done and I'm like, I'm still working on me. I'm still learning every day. I'm reading every day. I'm doing courses every year. I'm doing, I have mentors every year to work on my stuff and help me become the person that I need to become to have the dream day that I want to have. So get clear on those and just give it, that just gives you a starting point and then start to look within, start to do the inner work, whether it's someone like me or there's someone else that you really align with, whether it's a therapist or a coach or a counselor or a healer, or if it's the plant medicine route that you want to dive down, that's something that I do as well. That's We haven't really spoken about that today, but we can go down that another time. But do the inner work because your external world is a mirror of your internal world. If you've got a lot of anger and guilt and shame and friction and conflict within you, that's what you're attracting. That's the life that you have right now. But if you have abundance and flow and love and everything that you want in you inside of you, that's what you create externally. So I, that's a good starting point and uh, in, enjoy the journey. If we never, if you never hear me again or see me again, good luck on your journey as well. I think you'll be getting a lot of fans from this. But for those who want to come and follow you and you know get in touch about coaching with you, following your social media, your amazing podcast. How do we follow along in this life-altering journey that you're bringing us on? Thank you, my man. So, uh, Lewis Huckstep, just Instagram's probably number one. I'm on TikTok, I'm on Facebook. But if you actually want to have a conversation, message me on Instagram. I do respond to everyone. I do take my time sometimes because I, I get a couple of messages. Um, so, reach out to me there. I've got a podcast called The Lewis Huckstep Experience, pretty original. So, if you just type in Lewis Huckstep on 
most platforms, YouTube, I have all the videos of them. Um, so that would probably be recommended. Uh, but it's on Spotify, Apple Podcast. But yeah, if you got any, if you want to work with me, holler at me. If uh, if you just want to consume some cool content, I post a fair bit of content. So um, if you want to consume that, just holler at me. And um, yeah, I appreciate your time, man. I appreciate for everyone that's listened, and I hope you've got some value today. Well, that's it for another week, and thank you for listening. It's now time to take what you've learned and use it to develop and enhance your life with the key points mentioned. Listen, try it, embrace it, use it, and crush it. Now's your time to hit that next level in your life. If you liked this episode, then please leave a comment on the show notes or a review of the show on your podcast platform. Everything helps evolve the show. Until next week, keep seeking the next level in your life.